Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. In the book of Daniel, an angel appeared to Daniel and told him that he was highly esteemed. I don't know about you, but I would love to believe that God esteems me. Well, actually, the Bible tells us how we can be highly esteemed by God. The first place to start is realizing that God already values you. I heard an example a while back demonstrating the value of a dollar bill. You could have a brand new crisp dollar bill and a dollar bill that's been stepped on, crumpled, frayed, and tattered, and both bills have the same value and worth. But it doesn't stop there with just your intrinsic value. You can be valued by God and loved by God, but Daniel's life shows us that we can be highly valued by God. And how can we reach this place? Well, before you're ever born, God begins to invest in your life, starting by the fact that he gave his one and only son to cover your mistakes and failures. Now that's an investment, but he didn't stop there. Year after year, he has patiently invested his time and his effort, pouring all that heaven has to offer into your life. With every passing year, your value grows more and more. If you will just trust and cooperate with his investment process of conforming you into the perfect holy image of his son Jesus, you can be highly esteemed, highly valued by him. Today I want to ask you a question and uh, continuing on with this theme of being a contagious Christian, you need to be and I need to be highly esteemed of God in order for us to be contagious Christians. And I'll take it a step further. We need to realize that we're highly esteemed. Each of us, think about it to yourself. Do you you really believe you're highly esteemed of God? (laughs) Some of us struggle with that. I'm one of them. (laughs) I'm one of them. I wonder, am I really highly esteemed of God? Daniel was in the Bible And so the question today is, how can you and I become highly esteemed of the Lord? How can we become highly esteemed of the Lord? If you read in Daniel 3.23, it's one of three places in Daniel that I can find where God told Daniel through an angel, through a vision, you're highly esteemed in heaven. You're highly esteemed in heaven. So the question is today, how can you and I be sure that we're highly esteemed in heaven as well? Some of us right now are already arguing in our minds and saying, there's no way I'm highly esteemed. There's no way. (laughs) God, you saw what I did this week, or you saw what I said. You saw what I thought. And you're thinking to yourself, I am, there's no way I'm highly esteemed of God. I want to turn your argument around today. How can you and I be highly esteemed to the Lord? In Daniel 9.23, it says, As soon as you began to pray, Daniel, this angel was talking to Daniel, as soon as you began to pray, a word was sent out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. And if you read on in Daniel 9, which you'll have the opportunity tomorrow, actually, if you don't jump ahead and do it today, tomorrow you'll read the story of Daniel 9 and, and get a little bit more context to what, it, uh, to, to what the story was about. But we're focusing in today, how are you, how can you be highly esteemed? Well, let's first, let's break down this word highly esteemed. 
if I love doing this and you should try this out as well, get different versions of the Bible and read the same verse in different versions and, and see how the words expand the meaning to what you're reading. Now, Ron and I, we like the amplified version, right? We love the amplified version. The amplified version, it'll break, it'll give you more descriptions in there. And so if you read, for instance, the amplified version, another one that I like, I think it's called the extended version. <laughs> I hope I got that right, but it's it's a an EX something version and I see it on Bible Gateway. That's my prefer preferred place to look that in Bible Hub um, you can see all these different versions but anyways and also your Bible app if you use your phone and you read the Bible on your Bible app you can see umpteen different versions there as well and and look up that same verse but here's some here's some different words that I found for highly esteemed greatly beloved greatly beloved now the likes of Alex he's greatly beloved of the Lord highly esteemed Don you're greatly beloved you know Kyle is greatly beloved here's some other words highly regarded and that's where we start tipping well I believe I'm loved but I don't think I'm very highly regarded right I mean those are those are arguments that go through our minds you are favored this was another another version that said you were favored of the Lord um, here's this this is when this is what started tipping me when I when I was this is just my devotions for this week. It started tipping me is when I came across this word coveted. You are coveted of the Lord. Now that starts having a different ring to it. And you might come to grips with that because you might have done the worst thing in the world, but you realize God covets you. He covets you. And, and remember those verses in the Bible where he says, I'm a jealous God. I get jealous for you. Well, that goes beyond what you've done or not done. God wants you really bad. He covets you. He's, and he covets you so badly that if you turn your back on him, he gets jealous. He gets jealous. Have you ever felt jealous before? That's a strong emotion. Strong. It'll drive you to do things you would never do otherwise when you're jealous. Um, desired. This was another word that came up in, in the, the comparable uh, versions of the Bible that I read. Desired. God desires you. He values you. And here's the last word that I'll share with you. He treasures you. He treasures. He genuinely treasures you. You are highly esteemed. Well, here's the thing about Daniel. And here's what sets Daniel and me apart. Sets Daniel and possibly you apart. Is Daniel realized it enough to proclaim it to whoever would listen to him. Wow. Hey, that's that's called bragging, and it might get us into trouble. <laughs> but if you do it in a humble way, I'm highly esteemed of the Lord. I'm beloved of the Lord. He realized it so much, he was willing to write about it and let other people see what he knew about himself, how God saw him. You need to be able to get in front of the mirror all right, and look in the mirror and say, you know what? You are loved. You are loved. You are highly regarded by the Lord. I challenge you to do that this week is get in the mirror. If you can't say it publicly, it's just between you and the mirror. Can you say that? Can you say, I know I'm loved of God. I know I'm beloved of God. I know I'm coveted of God. I know I'm treasured of God. He realized it. Do you remember another person in the Bible who is pretty open about how much God loved him? Anybody? 
John, somebody say John. That's right. John, the beloved disciple, I find five times throughout the book of John referred to himself, not as John, but as the disciple who Jesus loved. Hey, this guy, he, he, he knew it enough to be willing to tell people about this. And I've said this before. Don't brag about how much you love Jesus. Brag about how much Jesus loves you. Amen. And, and be willing, be willing to admit to people, hey, sorry, man, but God loves me. <laughs> God loves me. And in the same breath, you can turn around and say, hey, you know what? God loves you, too. You need to realize that. And so uh, at some point, I, I picture this, at some point, Jesus and John were alone. Maybe it was one evening as they were walking, and Jesus stops and says, here, John, hold on a second. I, I want to tell you something. John, I love you. You're the one I love. And John stopped, and in that moment, his life totally changed. And from that point forward, that's all that meant anything to him, is the fact that his Savior, his Lord, his Master, loved him. And I want to tell you something. God has told you and me the same thing. He's told us the same thing. The thing is, is it hasn't sunk in. We need to let the love of Jesus sink into us so much so that nothing else matters except the love of God for us. You're valued, you're coveted, and you, it's important enough for you to begin to acknowledge that. Acknowledge it. Um, I've, I've prayed especially in the last two or three years of prayer, and I continue to pray, and here's my prayer. Jesus, please don't lose your investment in me. You've invested so much into me. How many times, Jesus, over one thing have I stubbed my toe a thousand times, and you've patiently said, get back up again? I'm here with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to dump you just because you messed up for the 798th time. Get up. I'm with you. And he picked me up by my arm and put me back on the path knowing that I was going to mess up another two or 300 times. He's invested so much in me and I pray, Jesus, now that I'm however old I am, I think I'm 51 now, I'm starting to lose track. I start, I'm, I'm telling Jesus, God, I, you've actually brought me <laughs> a really long ways and it's taken a really long time Jesus don't lose your investment in me don't let me be the kind of person that you pour your talent in or you pour your gifting in you invest in and then I turn around and use it for my own glorification for me to get promoted for me to achieve something don't let me be that person God I want you to get all your investment that you've poured into me and then some let it all go back to you because I know the kind of person I am I know the kind of person I am that when God gives me something good I tend to want to shine it and show it off for myself and not for him. And that's all of our tendencies. We all tend to do that. So let that be your prayer. God, don't lose your investment in me. So why is your value going up to God? Your value is literally increasing to the Lord. As he pours into you, as he invests in you, 
your value to him has grown. Think about any boss that mentors and trains and explains and shows. Can you imagine after five years of that boss, just a good boss, because not a lot of bosses do this, but a really good boss keeps pouring into their people and then one of their people jumps ship to another company. Do you know how that boss feels? It's like, oh, all that time. That person was valuable to me. They were getting to the place where I highly regarded them. I highly esteemed them because I put so much into them and now they're gone. I don't want to be that person to Jesus. I don't want to be that person. You know what? My value is going up to the Lord. It's growing. It's increasing. It's getting bigger and bigger. And as it does so, he esteems me more and more. He esteems me more and more. And the same goes for you. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that, oh, from the day that I gave my heart to Jesus, that's when he started investing in me. No, he invested it in you starting the day that you were born. And his first his investment in you was his son, Jesus Christ. A pretty big, huge, massive investment in us. So don't think that, oh, I've been a Christian a year or 10 days or just a couple of weeks. No, God started his investment in you before you were born, actually. Before you were born. His investment has been growing in you, growing in you your whole life. You were highly esteemed of God. You were highly valued. You were coveted by the Lord. His lengthy, fruitful investment of you. You have years of patience, of tending, of caring, of pruning you. How many of you have been pruned lately and it hurt? You didn't like it. That's part of his investment in you because he doesn't want some wild, crazy branch growing over here that's not going to accomplish anything. He needs to cut those things off. What? We cut those branches off at the lower part of the tree so it can grow tall, strong, big, getting as much sunlight, you know what I'm talking about? The sun, his light, into our life so that we can grow up in him. I think of it and I consider, I've thought this thought a lot in the last 10 years. My wife and I have been married almost 27 years now. And we think of, and we were talking about this this week, the investment we've made into each other. We've gone through some tough times as any, not, not bad, you know, and our marriage wasn't going to break apart, but health issues, financial issues, raising kids, learning each other. You know, she puts up with me all the time. All of those things, it's a, huge, it's a priceless investment that we have in each other. I don't want to lose that. I have no desire to throw that investment out the window. No, for good, for bad, for better, for worse, for health, in sickness, we're, we're stuck. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> that investment is too precious. I'm not giving up on that investment. That's how Jesus feels about you. It's a marriage. Your relationship with the Lord is a marriage. And his investment in you and your investment in him is not something to be tossed out the window or be treated lightly. You're highly esteemed of you, uh, uh, of him. And you know what? He's highly esteemed of you. You wouldn't be sitting here today or listening in today if that weren't the truth. All right. So your value is growing in him. 
You know what, though? You know what he sees in you? He sees you're just about to be massively fruitful. That value is on. It's on the brink. You're about to explode with fruitfulness, doing powerful, mighty things for Jesus. That value is right there, and he's looking at you. No, no, no. Don't give up yet. Don't throw it all out the window yet. You're highly esteemed. You're about to be fruitful for the kingdom of heaven. So don't give up. The investment's right there. Well, there's a tiny little part you and I play. Because he's invested in the whole world. He invested his son in the whole world. And his spirit is actively, just as he did for you and me, he's actively on the street dealing with people, trying to wake them up on Sunday mornings maybe to get to church, maybe trying to get them up to, to alert them to the reality of heaven and hell. He's out there investing. But you know what the difference is? Your cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Your cooperative labor with the Lord. The Bible talks about that he works in us. Therefore, we need to be working that out of us. You know, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, a work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because he is working inside of you both to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's a collaborative effort, and that's when your values start shooting through the roof is because you're cooperating with God. You're saying, yeah, I've stubbed my toe for the 800th time, but God, it's you and me. We're going to get through this with your help, Jesus. Amen? That's why the Bible says we're co-laborers with the Lord. We work hand in hand. He's, his grace works in our life and we respond to his grace working in our life. He stimulates us and, and, and exhorts us and said, come on, guy, I want you to get over this addiction that you're, you're doing. And with my help, you're going to get through this. Amen. Or you don't get discouraged because of the sickness that you're encountering. I'm going to get get you through this. Let's co-labor. Let's work together. Let's cooperate. And your value goes up and up and up and up with Jesus because he knows that you can do something powerful for the kingdom of God. He loves you. You know what this is like? And it's, it's like a, one of these, I don't want to sound gross, but this is going to, you know, drives home the point. Have you ever gone to, let's just call it a Mexican food restaurant, and there's the, there's the little bowl full of salsa, and you kind of wonder, I wonder how often that bowl gets washed. Have you ever wondered that before? <laughs> As you go ahead and dip that chip right into that salsa, fact of the matter, it probably hasn't been washed in months, and there's caked salsa that's making that, making that bowl smaller and smaller, right? <laughs> that bowl needs to cooperate with a dishwasher. And so that dishwasher, finally after three months, they go in, and I didn't even have this in my notes. I'm making this up on the fly. That dishwasher goes in, scoops out all the old crusty salsa, and all of a sudden that bowl is able to, to have a lot more in it. When you cooperate with God, your shell, the bowl, the shell of your bowl gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And you open up yourself wider and wider and wider to the grace of God, to the goodness of God. That's, that's what cooperative efforts is with the Lord. He makes you a bigger bowl because he's getting all the gunk out of your life. Amen. 
What a cool example. I'm never going to forget that one. That was a good one. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Brother Jimmy wants to eat where I go. All right. Oh, you don't. I heard you wrong. Your mask was uh, muffling what you were saying there. All right, well, just as a, a mentor, and I've already kind of alluded to this, a mentor would pour himself into someone, and the years of value grow and grow. Jesus is pouring himself into you. Would you let him pour himself into you? <laughs> let him do it. Cooperate with him. You are highly esteemed by God, listen to this, as you trust his process for conforming you into his son's image. You are highly esteemed of God as you trust God and say, okay, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Just make me into the person. You cooperate with him because you trust him. You don't always get it. I was talking to somebody this week. We don't get I wish I could learn the lesson, God, so I could scooch on from here. <laughs> but you know what? I don't, get, I don't get it yet. So God has to keep molding me and making me and I cooperate with him and as I do that and this is what Daniel did he cooperated with the Lord his esteem his value his his worth to the Lord just grew because God kept investing investing in him I look at another example of Navy SEALs Kyle and I and Cole would get down there and watch this you know they call it hell week and this week and that week these poor Navy SEALs man they go through Hell, I mean, literally. I mean, it's just the training is horrible. Sleep deprivation, physical torture. I mean, they're out there in the cold ocean, you know, all of that. But you know what? When they come out of that training successfully, their value to the U.S. military is through the ceiling. Their value is through the ceiling. If you're going through something tough, God is preparing you. I've, I've, I, I, there's this other, I'll never forget this other documentary on um, I think it was pararescue so that's the air forces kind of uh, special forces group and they have these pararescue guys that'll go out and jump out of an air uh, helicopter and save you know downed pilot or whatnot and I would never forget them taking this this student that was trying to get through the program in a pool they had him weights all over him they were basically drowning the poor guy and then they had, I think they had a blindfold on him, and they were turning him around the pool upside down, around, totally disorienting him, and he finally figured out where the surface was and, and got up there. You know what? God's not going to let you drown, but he's going to train you. He's going to train you, and sometimes I feel disoriented, don't you? Disoriented spiritually, you're not sure which way is up, which way is down. You're, you're being turned around, but you know what? Your coach is right beside you. He's not going to let you drown. He's trying to get you to the place where you need to be. You're highly esteemed of the Lord. So his proof, listen to this. This is so cool. The proof of his priceless investment in you is that he entrusts you with his word. And I'm not just talking, here's the Bible, here. you know. No, I'm talking about you get revelations. You hear God's voice. You read your Bible and something pops out at you and grabs you. And you find that you're consistently hearing from God more and more and more. This is proof that you're highly esteemed of the Lord. I tell you what, when this hit me this week, I don't think I'll ever forget this. 
this hit me this week. I was like, oh, my word, because I wondered, God, it's so wonderful. Like every week you give me something fresh, every new, most every day something fresh, something new. And I, a little part of me is a little bit freaked out thinking, what if this ever stops? <laughs> I'd be terrified <laughs> if I stopped hearing from the Lord. And when I read this, I realized I'm highly esteemed of the Lord. He's, he's sharing, he's entrusting his word to me, and he's not going to stop if I will continue to collaborate with him, if I'll continue to be a co-laborer with him. Look at Daniel 9.23, same verse we started off, but let's read it from a little different angle. It says, as soon as you began to pray, a word was sent out, which I've come to tell you. Why? For you are highly esteemed. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, God, I get so many rich things from you. I read my Bible and it blesses me. Or even I come to church and I receive something there. Or even I pray and I sense your presence and you speak to my heart. You, it's a proof that you are highly esteemed of the Lord. Wow, what an awesome thing. You're starting to consistently hear from God. His rich insight, his encouraging word, his promises, his revelation. His word is dwelling in you richly. Why? Because he highly esteems you. He covets you. And he's found a bowl where his word can be deposited in and overflow. You know what God was telling Daniel? You're highly esteemed. But he was telling him something else. Daniel, I trust you. Daniel, I trust you. And I don't want you to ask the question, hmm, wonder if God trusts me. He does. <laughs> he trusts you. And that's the same thing as saying you're highly esteemed. God trusts you. We always talk about, you need to trust the Lord, and you do. You need to trust the Lord. But you know what's mind-boggling is God trusts you. That's just an amazing, amazing thought that hit me. He's trusted me with his precious word, with insights, with understanding, with revelations. He's done that for you. In 1 Samuel 3.21, it says, this is such a cool thing. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Now, there's so many good things in here. I'll just cover a couple of them. First of all, he continued to. God is going to consistently, continually reveal himself to you until the day you die, and then it's just going to get even better. You're going to see revelation you've never seen before. But in this life, the encouraging thing, he's going to continue to reveal himself to you because you are highly esteemed of the Lord. It's just expect it like the sun rises in the day in the morning and sets at night. His word is going to be revealed to you over and over with refreshing glory increasing from one degree to another. Just as uh, well, he said he revealed to himself to Samuel. Samuel was highly esteemed of the Lord and the Lord proved it through his word to Samuel. In 2 Corinthians 4.1, the Apostle Paul says, And then this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ, as those entrusted with the mysteries of God that he's revealed to us. Wow. Paul got it. 
I'm highly esteemed. I don't deserve it. I'm not saying that. I'm highly esteemed. And the way I know I'm highly esteemed is he's regarded as someone who's had the mysteries of God revealed to him. Fantastic, man. Encouraging. Blessed. God entrusts you, some of us, with jobs. He's entrusted you with an income. He's entrusted you with health. He's entrusted you with a family, with material possessions. He's entrusted you with a ministry for him. Each and every one of us. He's entrusted you with a service to others. A unique, creative, unbelievable service to others that burns in your heart. And you can't wait for the day that it's going to be completely fulfilled. But work on it now. Do what you can now. He's trusted you and entrusted you with a ministry. He's entrusted you with understandings. He's entrusted you with world-changing ideas. And I'm not just talking about spiritual ideas. Practical, world-changing ideas that only you can turn around and offer to the world. He's entrusted you with these things. Some of us are cooperating with God and co-laboring with God to give those things out to the world. Others of us need a little bit of a kick in el trasero. That's the back here. All right. Go do what God has called you to do. And don't just sit at home and do nothing. Serve. Bless. Show God's favor to other people. Show mercy and love and kindness and whatever giftedness you have. Go give it to someone. It's a gift not for you. It's somebody else. You're just the, the bowl that receives and overflows with it. So just to put it in perspective, Jesus gave a wonderful parable that I've come back many, many times, and I'm sure I'll come back to many, many more times in the future. In Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, Jesus gives this parable, a story. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey, it being the kingdom of heaven. It will be like a man going on, on a journey who called his servants, and listen to this, entrusted his wealth to them. <laughs> he entrusted his wealth to them. And he's done the same thing for you and me. He's deposited seeds that are explosive. Seeds of greatness. World-changing seeds. I don't know about you. I want to be good ground for those seeds to just germinate and grow and expand and bear fruit for Jesus. So he entrusted his wealth with them or to them one of them this is in Matthew 25 now first 15 to one he gave five bags of gold now don't get caught up on the materialistic side of this because there's things that are far richer than material possessions I I'm telling more and more I'll wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning or before I go to bed at night and I lay there in the spiritual wealth of the Lord I can't even describe what it's like I mean, it's like I'm just breathing in wealth. <laughs> and so much so that money just seems like that's just trash. This is real wealth. The Bible speaks of true riches. <clears throat> so if you haven't been faithful with earthly riches, how can he entrust you with true riches? The Bible speaks of that. But let's, let's read on. So these bags of gold are far more than money or material possessions, far richer than those things. He gave one 
uh, one bag of gold to another, two bags of gold. I've got this backwards. Five bags of gold, two bags of gold, and to another one, one bag of gold. And listen to this phrase. This is this has tripped me up so many times. I can't tell you, but now I get it. I understand. I want to share you with you what I learned this week. He gave them according to his ability. His ability. Now I've read this many times, thinking. According to the guy with the five bags of gold, he had a ton of ability. To the guy with the two bags of gold, medium ability. To the guy with the one bag of gold, low ability. And that's probably me. <laughs> that's the immediate conclusion you come to. I'm the guy with, the, with not much ability, so God it may not have given me that much. Well, I began to study this word ability, and it doesn't mean what you think it means. First of all, according to his ability is his ability not my ability <laughs> all right that's that's the first distinction but <clears throat> first of all god's investing his wealth in you he's investing your wealth if you look in the mirror and say i'm a nobody i'm nothing i'm a failure you don't realize the investment god has made in you and shame on you stop talking to yourself that way that's 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 horrible God has invested great wealth in you. But here's this thing on, on his ability in, this, in the Greek. This word ability is actually power, not ability. And it's dunamis power. It's talking, speaking of the power of God, and it reads this way. It's power through God's ability. So the guy that got all the five bags of gold, he had more of God's power and therefore God's ability in his life. Do you get that? The guy with two bags of gold, he had lesser power of God and lesser of God's ability in him. And the last guy, uh, we, we, we obviously can draw our conclusions very quickly there. So here's the point. The people who are most dependent on God have great power from the Lord. The guy that had one bag of gold was very self-dependent. The guy with the five bags of gold was the guy who was extremely God-dependent, God-confident. And to him, God gave a lot more investment because he knew this guy is going to tap into my power and he's going to double everything that I've given him. He's going to double it. Are you a God-dependent person or are you a self-dependent person? Well, let me tell you what, that's real quick to figure out. If you're a worrier, you're self-dependent. If you're not a worrier, you're God-dependent. Straight up. So, as soon as you and I, because I worry all the time, <laughs> as soon as you and I start worrying, what do we need to do? Turn your face to Jesus. Look up to the Lord and stop looking inside yourself. The world would say, dig down deep and be strong. Well, you know what? I've dug deep enough and there's not much in there. <laughs> you know what I need to do? Instead of reaching my hand into myself, I need to reach my hand up to heaven and say, God, I put my faith in you. And you know what's going to happen is you become more and more God dependent. He's going to invest more and more and more of his goodness, his character, his giftings, his talent, his spiritual wealth. He's going to invest it in you. Because you're going to turn around and do powerful things for the, for the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So, the man here in verse 16 of Matthew 25. 
The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work. Don't forget that. You play a part. This isn't going to happen by itself. But it's going to happen as you find your strength in the Lord, not in yourself. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, skill to develop is to say, you know what? I'm going to find my strength in God because I ain't got none. I don't have any. I need my strength from the Lord. So this man goes out. He puts his money to work, gains five more bags. Uh, the guy with two bags does the same, but the guy with one bag digs, digs a hole and hides his master's money. You know why he did that? He was scared. He was a worry wart. Let's, let's let go and let God. You know what? Trust the Lord. He's trusted you. Let's start trusting him back. Amen. Don't go hide what God has given you. Go give it to someone. And if you're, you're kind of scared all the time, and you say, well, I can't get up like you, Steve, and talk in front of people. God doesn't want most of us to talk in front of people. He, a lot of what we do is one-on-one -on -one with the people that we come in contact with is sharing what God has placed in us with them. So he, he hides uh, his, his one bag of gold. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold, the God-dependent guy who God went ahead and just invested a ton in, uh, he brought his master. So the man who received the five bags brought the five bags back, and then some. He doubled it. So first of all, this man didn't have anything good about himself. There wasn't anything special about him. He received the investment from the Lord. And then he brought double back to the Lord. That's what we need to do. You can't do anything but receive from God. But once you receive from God, go put it to work. Go give it out. Go share it. The more you give, the more you will receive. That's just a spiritual law that's just undeniable. If you say, well, I'm not receiving much, God. When was the last time you gave? Don't be a consumer. Be a contributor. And do what's... President Kennedy said, "What? don't ask what your country can do for you for crying out loud. Ask what you can do for your country. And what we can do is we can start praying. We can start, hey, you know what every single one of us needs to do? You can start deleting your Netflix account is something you can do because it's portraying pedophilia out there. Guess what Tina and I and our kids did? We, we deleted our Netflix account yesterday because it's disgusting what that company is portraying out there right now. And I encourage every Christian, I, don't, I encourage everybody, delete your Netflix account and never reactivate it again, ever. It's, it's horrifying what that company is doing. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. All right? You can do something in your world. You can be an activist. On, in prayer, you can be an activist when you vote. We should be voting based on values for crying out. Take your candidates, both local and, and at, the, at the higher levels, and ask, is this candidate in favor of partial birth abortion? If they are, I'm not voting for them. I'm not going to vote for them. I may not like the alternative, but it doesn't matter. At least he or she is against abortion. Are they in favor of, of gay marriage? I'm not going to vote for them. I'm not going to vote for them, period. I believe in the sanctity of marriage. And don't be one of those people that says, well, I'm not going to vote for anybody. I don't like either one of them. No, you go for the, wor the least worst person out there and vote for them. Your vote counts. Be an activist. 
Do what you need to do. Amen? So you, you go impact your world. Don't go hide your bag. Don't go hide your vote. <laughs> Don't go hide, you know, I, I, I like 95% of Netflix. No, that's enough disgustingness to throw it out the window and never get onto it again. All right? Go impact your world. Don't go hide your voice. Don't go hide your opportunity. Don't go, go do something for Jesus today. Don't be, he's not given us a spirit of timidity. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Anything else is received from the wrong source. Stop receiving from the wrong sources and start receiving from heaven. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Good job. He didn't say, oh, you're perfect now. Now I'm pleased with, no, he said, you put what I gave you to work as imperfect as you were. And you did it with my strength. Well done. You have been faithful over a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. And that's how all of us start out. We start small. Every single last one of us. So if you're discouraged because you're saying, God, I, I don't have much. Put what you have out there and let it grow. Let it grow. So you've been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. What was he saying? You're highly esteemed. You're coveted. You're valued. I Man, I tell you, you've let me clean your bowl out and make space for more investment in you. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. So how can you double what God has given you? Go find someone that needs what you have and go give it to them. And I, I say this. I love this saying. It came to me, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Go do what someone, what no one else is willing to do. Go do what no one else is willing to do. I routinely do that at work, and it's paid off in dividends. I did the menial manual. I did the stuff that everybody ignored. I went and addressed conflict between people. You know what? God is blessing my efforts because I'm willing to do what no one else is willing to do. You should do the same thing. There's loads of stuff out there that people aren't willing to do. <laughs> Go do it. Go find it. Match up your talent, your gifting, your calling, your destiny with something that's empty out there and go fill the void. And you're going to double and then triple and quadruple. It's going to be exponential what you do. But take those little tiny steps today in God's strength and God's going to absolutely blow your mind. He's going to blow your mind. So I get from this story six things of how you can be highly esteemed from the Lord in increasing fashion. You're already highly esteemed, but you want to be higher, more highly esteemed. You want to go farther. You want to get closer. You want to go higher, amen? But look at this. First of all, this, this man was God-reliant. This guy with the five bags of gold, he was God-reliant instead of being self-reliant. And we're tempted every day, every hour of every day, of every week of every month, to be self-reliant. We've got to learn to be God-reliant. Amen? So that was number one. Number two, he received God's investment. He acknowledged God. God's gifted me. There's this guy on radio. I don't know if he still says it. He says, I have talent on loan from God. <laughs> on loan from God. You know what? He might be saying that a little bit braggadociously. You know what? 
we need to acknowledge, I've received talent from the Lord. I have received an investment from God, and God wants me to use it and do something for his glory. I'm going to be a contagious Christian with what I've been given in my hand. You've been given blessings. You've been given giftedness. Does God want you to go dig a hole and hide it? No. Go use it for the glory of God. Number three, this man definitely cooperated with God. He cooperated with God, and you and I, we need to cooperate with God as well. If he's telling us to yield, yield. If he's telling us to advance forward, advance forward. Jesus is our yoke fellow. Move in sync with Jesus. If he turns left, you're right, okay? If he turns left, let's turn left. If he slows down, slow down. Be spirit-led. Be spirit-led and cooperate with the, with the Spirit. I've said this verse many times. Now that you live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Amen? Cooperate with the Spirit. Number four, he poured out God's investment to others. That's how he doubled it. He poured out his investment. The Bible talks about it. It says, throw your bread upon the waters and surely it will come back to you. <laughs> Amen. Throw out the investment that God has placed in you out to the public, out to the world. Give your gift to the world and God's going to ensure that it's doubled. And then he's going to say, okay, here's another investment far bigger. Go out and do it again. Then, he, so he received, uh, he poured out his investment, then he returned God's investment and fruit in full back to the Lord. And that's a big thing. When success starts propelling you upwards, it's very easy to get your eyes off of God and start taking all the credit and saying, that was me. No, I come back with everything, God. I lay it at your feet. The Bible says when he gives us our crowns in heaven, we will cast them at his feet. We will give them back. God, I want to remain empty but full of you. You know, not, not full of the fruit. The fruit goes back to God. I want to bring it all back to you. And lastly, he received more investment from God. <laughs> the, the whole cycle just started back over again, but at a much larger scale. And it just keeps doing that and doing that. That was the message that Jesus gave to oftentimes. Start small, but start with what you have. And I'm going to bless it. I'm going to increase it. And, and then it starts this virtual cycle. So Daniel was highly esteemed. He had, got, um, and he had gone from being uh, valued to being highly valued, gone from being esteemed to being highly esteemed, gone from being trusted to being highly trusted. You see what I'm, you see what I mean? You, you might be esteemed right now. Why don't we get to the place where we're highly esteemed, highly trusted of God? Amen. And it's through all these things that we've described today. So when Jesus comes and says, hey, come follow me, you know what he's saying? Come under my wing. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to make you into a superstar for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to teach you all that I know, which, you know, that's a lot. <laughs> it's infinite. I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to make you into the person of your dreams. And I'm going to make your dreams and my dreams for you come true. That's what Jesus is saying when he says, come follow me. Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you ex accept that investment invitation that Jesus has given you? Well, I believe all of us here have. But let's go to the next level. 
Let's start using what God has given us for his glory, for his kingdom. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, how do we become highly esteemed? Well, first of all, we start by acknowledging that.